This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And there's much to be addressed as far as, uh, well, the national situation when it comes to uh, manufacturing and resource extraction and so on and so forth. You know, the big ticket items. And uh, curiously, now, there has been uh, this a series of bills that the uh, government has looked to pass, and uh, two of which, Bill C-69 and Bill C-48, one called euphemistically the pipeline killer bill, the other the tanker ban bill, have uh, met some resistance in the Senate. Uh, Government is full-on committed to pushing these through uh, without any serious amendments. Now you've got six conservative premiers, including our Doug Ford, Jason Kenney out in Alberta, who weighed in saying that, you know, this threatens national unity if these are passed without amendments. And Justin Trudeau responding in kind, saying that uh, these conservative uh, premiers are playing games with national unity. Let's find out what Lisa Raid has to say, deputy leader of the PCs in opposition. And she's joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Lisa, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Thank you very much, John. And member of parliament for Milton. That's true. Should be noted. Member of parliament, MP for Milton. So what is your response to Justin Trudeau accusing these six conservative premiers of playing uh, the unity card, as it were? Well, I'm, the Premier of New Brunswick put it best, I think. He said, obviously, the Prime Minister's overreacting. However, he's also failing to see the urgency in the situation. And it's, six, it's five provinces, one territory, six Premiers, all saying that the way in which these bills are crafted are going to seriously impact the ability of the provinces to be able to utilize their natural resources, which they say goes into their jurisdiction. So they wrote the Prime Minister to give him the advice and told him how serious it was, and his his decision was to make it about conservative um, premiers as opposed to talking about the, the fact that they represent 59% of the population of Canada. Right, and my understanding as well, especially in the uh, case of Jason Kenney, if uh, the government goes ahead and passes these bills without the Senate's amendments attached to them, significant amendments, uh, they would launch Alberta Wood a constitutional challenge. Is that correct? That I don't know. I think, um, you know, I have heard that they're going to use every single tool that they have in their toolbox, for sure. Um, but this is, this is high stakes, John. This is a serious infringement on the ability of the province of Alberta and every other province to be able to do what they need to do in order to fulfill the opportunity that they see for their constituents in the province. And, you know, even Rachel Notley, when she came to see the Senate in February, she said very clearly to the Senate that this bill, this is no way to create a country. This is no way to build a country. She said in that time that this would have an impact on the country hanging together. And this is not a surprise. We've been hearing about this through through the election in Alberta. And now the the, uh, premiers have put it in writing to the prime minister and and his response, I thought, was uh, was actually uh, very disappointing because he's not taking the matter seriously. Well, and when it comes to these major national energy and transportation projects, uh, this is, again, something Bill C-69 uh, deals with environmental uh, assessments, and uh, the other is tankers being banned on the northwest coast in B.C., mm-hmm. uh, which obviously would uh, hurt these projects, maybe never allow them to get off the ground or exploited. The amendments that are being proposed by the Senate, uh, about 200 plus, I believe, the Liberals uh, might, I don't know, at best take it under advisement, but none of the major amendments that came from, you know, the oil and gas lobbyists involved in this process, uh, they're not going to consider those, should they? Yeah, they should, because the um, the folks who gave testimony to the Senate as it traveled across the country to talk to all the 
constituencies and all the communities, the advice that they were receiving from people on the ground is that this bill is going to impede the ability to attract investment to the provinces, especially the ones that are out west, um, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba. And as a result, they gave suggestions on how to amend the bill, and that's what the Senate voted on and sent back to the House of Commons for consideration. So these are things that are coming from people in Alberta who depend upon oil and gas for their employment, for their livelihoods, for their economy. And they're really worried that this new bill is going to cause investment to go elsewhere because it's just too difficult, too much red tape, too much uncertainty with these bills being in place as to whether or not you're going to be able to build a pipeline. Well, all right. Could you give me a for instance of uh, one of the uh, proposed amendments from the Senate after all this consultation that would have expedited these projects rather than being stifled if the Liberals ignore these amendments? Is there any one good example? Yeah, I think there is. So embedded in the Act is um, a provision that the minister, the political minister, has the ability at the front end to determine whether or not this is a project that should, in fact, be studied, period. So there's a veto for the minister at the very beginning. That's Catherine McKenna right now. That's correct, yeah. And there's a veto for the minister in the cabinet at the very end as well when the entire process is concluded. Okay, so that is interesting, but if you're somebody from the outside looking in, you're saying, well, I have to get the attention of the politicians first, and then I got to go through a big process, and then hope the politicians are the same, and then agree that this project is something that should go forward when the process could take five or six years of going through an environmental assessment. They're going to say it's too hard to do business in Canada. There's no certainty when I will end up getting a decision, or the fact that politics won't dictate the decision at the end of the day. Yeah, here's another that I've just uh, lit upon where uh, the the Senate wanted uh, the language to read that when it comes to indigenous communities, uh, indigenous communities, uh, it may be optional, may be optional to consult with them. Uh, I think the liberals want to replace the may be optional with uh, they must consult with them. Is that correct? There's a duty to consult in any event, and it's uh, it's very well laid out in in jurisprudence. It's well laid out in the Constitution, and the amendments sought, again, just to make sure that there was going to be a good timeline that could be followed, and the recognition that sometimes when you, when you end up having too many regulatory pieces in place, it's going to impede the ability to get the project. But there's no anticipation that there will never be consultation. There has to be consultation, and that the Act doesn't, the changes or the amendments doesn't seek to take away that right. That's untrue, what the Prime Minister is alleging in the House of Commons. And finally, let me ask you, because I'm really uh, very perplexed, or uh, (laughs) I'm just flummoxed by this one. Bill C-48, this is the tanker ban bill, uh, banning oil tankers on the west coast of Canada, like Mm -hmm. Prince Rupert Terminal or whatever, yet Saudi oil, how's that coming into this country to the Irving refinery in the Maritimes? How come No No problems. Yeah, come in the East Coast, it's okay. You can come down the St. Lawrence River as far as you want. However, if you're on the northern coast of BC, you're not going to be allowed to go through there anymore. And that's, again, um, a difficulty for for people to understand, especially in the West Coast, when they want to be able to market their oil to more than one country. Right now, it's the United States, and they want to be able to go to the Asia-Pacific area. And uh, right now, they're Unless we have the ability to move the the fuel by ship, it's going to be very difficult. And again, it just impedes the ability to build a pipeline. 
And uh, these two bills are rather significant right now. Is this one of those moments, uh, you know, it could be a tipping point? I mean, there's Western alienation, and it's uh, certainly being stoked by these kinds of things from the federal government in Ottawa. Uh, do you sense this could be, you know, a, a crisis point or a tipping point? It's going to be a very important election, John, in October. And my fear, and I do have a fear about this, my fear is if the Liberals lose all their seats out West and they gain seats in Quebec or they gain seats in other areas um, and they're still able to hold on to a minority or majority, then then it's just proven that you don't need to have the West in order to, to win in the country. And maybe that's what they're banking on right now. Maybe that's why they're not necessarily listening to the concerns of all these provinces. They feel that they frankly don't need to have those votes, so they're going to forge ahead. And um, I think that's a mistake because as a country, as a nation, we should seek to make sure that each province is firing on all cylinders and helping one another. That's what equalization is all about. And taking the ability away of Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, to do what they need to do in order to extract and utilize their resources in a responsible way, I think that goes to the heart of what they do as provinces, and it uh, people will have to take very serious looks at where they are and what their feeling is about Confederation, I think. Very well stated. Lisa, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it, John. Have a great day. And you. Lisa Raid again is a deputy leader of the PCs and the MP for Milton. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.